eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, David Davenport, and we've also got in the room, Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Are you okay? I'm really well, thanks, David. Yeah, yeah, really looking forward to this, this show today. Um, it's going to be a corker. Yeah, we've got a very special guest lined up, details of which will be revealed a little bit later on in the show. But we're also joined by James from the Full 10 Yards family. How are you doing, James? Are you Okay. Uh, so hyped about this one. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. You okay? Yeah, all good. All good. Although I watched Hamilton for the for the first time on Disney Plus over the weekend. And I must say, I have not been able to get the soundtrack out of my head ever since. So uh, <laughs> if I if I burst into to song at any point throughout the podcast. I was, was going to say, give us a rendition then at least. You could tease it now. You've got to follow through with this. Oh, no. no now you've put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> like... No, right. Well, uh, no. We'll, pra- we'll perhaps, we'll perhaps, I'll perhaps record something off there and then mix it into the show for everybody. But uh, have you found yourself saying Alexander Madison yet? <laughs> Alexander Madison. <laughs> yeah, My name is Alexander Madison. Yeah. yeah okay. It. Yeah. Yeah. It works. That Let's go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think that I think that's a drop coin. Definitely. The Alexander. <laughs> If, uh, well, I, I know we'll, we'll know tomorrow. Well, if Darwin Cook holds out, pro- yeah. does actually properly hold out, that is an absolute slam dunk right there. Yes. I like it. <laughs> the, uh, the Alexander Madison drop. Bingo. So today's show, we will be looking at players who are set to break out in the 2020 season and players who will be busts in the 2020 fantasy football season. And our very special guest is so special that I am not worthy of introducing him. So I'll hand over to <laughs> Rob. Now in the huddle is a legend in the fantasy community. Genuinely one of the nicest guys I've ever chatted fantasy football with. So much so, last year I even offered him my spare ticket to watch the Bears in London. I mean, this is how much this guy means to me right now. <laughs> um, but I will say, if we're splitting hairs... There is one knock on this guy, and that is the fact that he simply cannot and will not beat his co-host of the Fantasy, uh, the Fantasy Pros podcast, Bobby Sylvester, when doing mock drafts. <laughs> With that being said, it's my pleasure to introduce Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros, gives insight for you. How about you, Tags? I'm good, man. Thanks for the intro. Unfortunately, I, I still can't beat Bobby at mock drafts because, well, Bobby was the, one of the guys that helped, like, that actually created the algorithm for that. So he sure. kind of knows, he knows how to beat me. So it's kind of cheating in a way. But <laughs> in the end, Bobby and I play in a few fantasy leagues and, uh, well, I, he doesn't beat me nearly as often in those. <laughs> I always see that and I, I always do think in the back of my mind Bobby makes his algorithm so it is kind of uh yeah it's on his, <laughs> his edge towards him so I do feel sorry yeah. for you when listening to your mock drafts but uh good to hear you well how's things uh dealing over there with all the nonsense that's going on and all the, the pandemic and what how's life yeah it's it's a weird time to be alive man and for a lot of reasons and uh one of them obviously with this whole pandemic uh where my three-year-old was in was in preschool and uh then all of a sudden he had to come home full-time and we didn't have it so we had no one to watch him and then my wife started working from home full-time and i went from like a quiet household where i was able to if i wanted to take a break and read a book for you know half hour i could do that now it's like hey you're taking a break for half hour you got to watch this little one uh so <laughs> it's trying to work out the schedules and, and you know people ask me now they're like well you know with sports like is are, are you slower than ever and i'm like no i'm like busier than ever uh because football is the only sport that people have really been looking to uh you know to to read things on because the football season it seems like that's the one that has hope still and uh we're still holding out hope here in the u.s that that it takes place and um I don't know what I would do without football, man. Like, I'm going to uh, lose my mind if that happens. If, if, if anything were to happen yeah. to the football season, I'm pretty sure I would just – someone needs to check me in. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, I think that for us over here, obviously, uh, soccer is the main sport. But I think for us in this room, American football is pretty close to, to, to being the, the number one sport. So if that doesn't happen this year, I mean, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. On a Sunday night, I've got my whole routine. I've got my M&Ms. I've got my pizza. Um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do without football. Uh, what about you, David? 
Yeah, definitely. And like you say, it's it's one of those where we we get brought up with with football or, or soccer, as you've just referred to it as. And I, I suppose that's the same with with American football across the pond. And for me, the last seven or eight years have really become American football. And yeah, I'm a, a Crow Alexandra season ticket holder for my sins, but. American football is that one that I'm always thinking about. I'm always thinking, right, which draft can I join next? And it, it dominates my Twitter account. And it's, it's a community that I absolutely love being a part of. And come September time, if, if we don't get football, it is going to be a strange one. And luckily, I think we will have a, a football season next year to, to compensate for a lack of American football, should the worst happen. And, and we don't get that. But yeah, I'm really, really hoping that we see some, some gridiron in, in September. Yeah, awesome. Um, a good show ahead of us uh, with, with you, Mike. Um, we're going to be talking uh, about some sort of boom and bust plays, some, some, some busts and some, some bounce back candidates and some, yeah, just breaking into that top 10 as well. Um, so interesting to hear uh, who you're going to bring, bring with us. Um, uh, David, do you, do you want to kick us off here with, uh, with what we're doing? Yeah, so we'll look at the breakouts. We'll do around the table where each of us name our favourite breakout candidate for the season. So this is a player that has not yet finished inside the top 10 in fantasy, but we believe has a fair shot to do so. So guess first, Mike, who have you got as your breakout top breakout candidate for the 2020 American football season? Yeah, I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's become a popular breakout candidate for a lot of people, but I, I wrote uh, an article for Fantasy Pros back in uh, February uh, stating my bold predictions because it's something that I, like, I'm so analytically minded and I'm so grounded in terms of, like, what I do that saying bold predictions are, are things that are really tough um, just because I'm not a bold person when it comes to that. But uh, I said that Calvin Ridley would become a wide receiver one and kind of pull, like, a Chris Godwin that he did this year. Godwin wasn't someone that was drafted as a wide receiver one last year. He was someone that was probably going, I think, in the fifth, sixth round uh, for much of the offseason. And then people started drafting him higher and higher, where Calvin Ridley, he's a guy that's now going in the fourth round. And I think rightfully so. We have Julio Jones, who's coming up on 31 years old. Uh, we know that wide receivers tend to – I think that Julio is going to be perfectly fine through this year. But Dirk Cutter, every year that he's been there as the offensive coordinator for the uh, Falcons, which is – this will be the, the fourth or fifth season, uh, they have ranked top seven in pass attempts. So – uh, the past attempts will be there. This team did not replace Mohamed Sanu. And uh, so unless you think Russell Gage is going to walk into 90 targets, I'm projecting Calvin Ridley to get close to 120, maybe even more if Julio were to miss some time or if he were to decline a little bit. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons to like Calvin Ridley as a breakout candidate. And he was, he was almost on his way last year quietly because, again, he is behind Julio Jones. But I think this could turn into a 1A, 1B situation between those two. Yeah, that's a great shout. And like you say, Calvin Ridley has been one of those players that has had the, the Twitter hype this offseason and people have likened him to the, the Chris Godwin breakout campaign. And I think my reasoning for, I've not got any reason to, to disagree with that, but in the back of my mind, I, for some reason, am naturally opposed against the hype. And then I look into it, I drill down a little bit and I, I can't see a reason as to why I'm against the hype. Like you say, last year, He'd already bettered his, his receiving yards from the year before. He, he missed those three games. And he was, he was probably on track for 1,000 yards, 10, 10 touchdowns last year, which mm. from a wide receiver two last year would have been ideal. And he's certainly got that potential now to, to step up as Julio gets that little bit older. He's certainly got that potential to step up into the, the wide receiver one role. So what do you say to, to Calvin Ridley, Robin James? Come on, James, you take the floor. You're not, you're not spoken yet. <laughs> yeah the quiet, the quiet silent assassin over here um no I, I have to admit i love calvin ridley this year as well i think one other factor that may play a slight part in this is the actually the loss of austin hooper i know they've brought in hayden hurst but i don't see the target share being like for like and i think ridley t picks some of that up as well um i think i think to be honest tags nailed it with the uh, chris godwin mike evans comparison i think there's a very similar situation here but with matt ryan quarterbacking you I think you almost have an argument that both players could be better as a tandem so I have no qualms with it at all no I'm I'm super high on Calvin Ridley as well did you say tags you had him for around 120 targets this year yeah that's basically where I'm coming in and I 
Mm. You have to project the target somewhere. And I like Hayden Hurst an awful lot. Like he could be a guy that I could have talked about as a breakout candidate because Matt Ryan, I have him down for 635 pass attempts. And when you start going through and like doing projections, you could see just, I mean, Calvin Ridley, I have at 118 right now. So it's basically 120. Uh, and if you get 120 yeah. targets, you're, the odds of you finishing as a top 15 wide receiver are extremely high, especially when you're as talented as someone like Calvin Ridley and you have, you know, someone like Matt Ryan thrown to you. Yeah, I have him down for 120 targets, 82 receptions, uh, 1088 in, in the air, and just under 10 touchdowns, which brings him out in my rankings to wide receiver 12 in 0.5 PPR. So I, I am well with you there yep. that he's going to have a breakout season for sure. So Rob, while you're on the mic, who is your breakout candidate for 2020? My breakout candidate is, it comes in the way of Philadelphia Eagles running back, Miles Sanders. Um, I, I love this kid. I loved him at Penn State. I, th I think he did a, a very good job taking over from Saquon Barkley. He came into the league, uh, had a solid year last year. And obviously there's, uh, there's not much in the way of competition for him. There was murmurs that he, they were going to get Carlos Hyde, but that didn't come to fruition. Uh, so as things stand, that backfield is all his. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to struggle uh, out wide this year. Obviously, Alshon is probably going to be starting this season on the PUP list. Um, Jalen Rager is an unknown quantity. There's obviously that Twitter beef with uh, Deshaun Jackson just gone down last week. So it's very, we're very unsure at the moment what the passing game has got in for store for the Philadelphia Eagles. But one thing is for sure, in my opinion, is Miles Sanders is going to get absolutely fed the ball this year. Um, he's going to He's going to do well in the passing game as well. I think he's going to be an all-round fantastic running back. I think he breaks into the top 10 this, this year. Tags, what are your thoughts on Miles Sanders? I love the call. Uh, and the reason I, I – and it's, it's not something I would have said a couple months ago because I really felt like the Eagles were going to bring in a running back, whether it be through the draft or a free agency, because we have Devonta Freeman still sitting out there as a free agent. We had Carlos Hyde. Uh, so I, I really did think that they were going to add a running back. But the more that time goes on they haven't signed a running back, the better I feel about Miles Sanders. Because, yes, you know, even going back to last year, a lot of people want to talk about Miles Sanders. Well, Doug Peterson never had a Miles Sanders on his roster, and that's why he never had a workhorse running back. Yeah. He had Miles Sanders last year, and he didn't use him as a workhorse. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Jordan Howard was a guy getting the majority of the work, especially when it mattered most around the goal line. And then Miles Sanders, you know, Howard gets hurt, Darren Sproles gets hurt, and suddenly Miles Sanders is thrust into a role where he's all of a sudden become a fantasy-relevant option. At the same time, he was used a lot as a wide receiver, and that's because they were missing so many receiving options. So there's a lot of like great tape to get through on Miles Sanders, but at the same time, when they don't add a running back, these touches have to go somewhere. This Eagles offense has always scored points under Doug Peterson. Uh, the offensive line is fantastic, and I know they lost Brandon Brooks, but they just re-signed Jason Peters today, and they're going to move him into guard, uh, which it, it might be a different transition, but it's still he's going to be an above-average offensive lineman. So Miles Sanders... Again, and again, we're getting to the point where you have to wonder about Eagles pass catchers because they have Jalen Rager, who they drafted, but Alshon Jeffries rumored to be started on the pup list. Deshaun Jackson's making some absurd remarks, and he might get cut from the team. So it's like you look at it and you're saying, okay, maybe it's a similar situation, but Miles Sanders is the only guy back there. They didn't really add somebody. I'm, if they sign someone like Devonta Freeman, I'm going to be a lot more worried about Miles yeah, Sanders. But, but as it stands right now, I see no reason that someone should take Josh Jacobs over Miles Sanders. And I'm a guy who absolutely loves Josh Jacobs. So I am a, I've planted my flag and I've said he is going to be used in the, re the receiving game this year. And the only thing that I would ha be held back on the, is the touchdowns from Miles Sanders last year on the ground, which was three. But mm -hmm. if we look at Jordan Howard, that's 119 carries, 525 rushing yards and six touchdowns that have been vacated from that backfield. Exactly, and like yeah. we say, the fact that they yeah. have not been replaced with, with the likes of Hyde or, or Freeman suggests to me that... Yeah, we're going to get double-digit touchdowns on the ground for, for Sanders this year. And we're, we're going to get at least 1,200 rushing yards. And like I said, with the, the receiving options, you've really made me question now my, uh, my Jacobs-Sanders <laughs> debate in my head. And it's, uh, it's an eternal dilemma. But um, Well, what I'll point let you me to... Have it so real quick, so just just to help you like solidify that, like if you're torn between the two, I did an article. Uh, it came out last week. It says, "What does team scoring mean for fantasy football?" And it basically goes through. In order to be a, a top six running back, you have twice the chance of finishing as a top six running back if you play play on a top eighteen or a top eighteen scoring offense or top twelve scoring offense. I'm sorry. 
the, the Eagles are always there. The Raiders are not going to be a 12, top 12 scoring offense. I mean, Greg Olson's still the coordinator. Jay, uh, John Gruden's still the coach. So we know that the Raiders aren't going to get there. So automatically you have to dock Josh Jacobs just a little bit. And again, the coaching staff didn't change in Oakland or in Las Vegas, whatever you want to say. It didn't change. They've added talent around him. They re-signed Jalen Richard. They added Lynn Bowden, who is, is basically a running back wide receiver hybrid. Yeah. I just don't know where the targets come from. I think Josh Jacobs should get more targets because Josh Jacobs is extremely talented. But at the same time, we have to uh, adjust everything for current situation, and his situation just isn't great. And James, finally, who is your breakout candidate of the 2020 season? <laughs> Awkward. Um, <laughs> I think I may have had my thunder stolen ever so slightly here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm have to play the contrarian here and say that <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fly the Josh Jacobs facts, even though I still agree with I think Miles Sanders will be higher than Josh Jacobs, but I still think both make the top ten. Now, obviously, this has just made my job a whole lot harder here. So bear with. <laughs> You're gonna make your money here, James. Come on. <laughs> oh, if only, if only. Um, so last season, running back 21, I um, played 13 games. If you pro rata all the players points per game basis, it was 15. So he was still outside the top 10, but only just. He's, the, Oakland, the Oakland offense isn't exactly woeful, and the addition of all the rookies in, that we just mentioned, Rooks being the key one, there are now more options. Previously, when you looked at the Oakland offense, it was kind of Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and... Tyrell and, Williams, uh, maybe? <laughs> yeah, the, the pause was deliberate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes. They they don't exactly they they still have a lot better options, but Jacobs is still going to be the focal point of that offense, I believe. The receiving yards, uh, sorry, the receptions that he had last season, he only had twenty on twenty-seven targets, which is going to have to have an uptick, regardless of whether you have more talent there or not. Um, just that extra bit of experience within the offense, he is going to uptick on that. He lost time through injury last season, which is obviously a big factor. And I think if you sort of look back at some of the tape, he was rather limited in some of the games that he did play. So I think there's a bit of extra, you know, touch there. And only seven touchdowns last season. That's something that's going to get an uptick, again, with experience. And I can't say they have necessary, you know, you look at the depth chart, there isn't exactly a bruising, you know, running back goal line option. And Derek Carr isn't necessarily a guy who's going to run it in very often he's not you know like your Russell Wilson's Tyler Taylor level so I think there's a lot of things to say that the, there are so many incremental upticks that to go from what is about to be 15th in points per game up to 10th doesn't feel like and as considering of the people who were above him three at least three have changed teams of which one doesn't have a team at all in the one to three so I would say that there are the people who you know reasonably young in terms of the running backs, Sanders, Jacobs, I think they're all going to see an even bigger uptick this year. Yeah, Tags, that leads you on nicely to the article that you've just published with the the young running backs and how they uh, su survive well in the league compared to the older ones. So I think this is really the time that we are talking about the right people here in, in Sanders and Jacobs. And yeah, I've already said that I was flying the, the Josh Jacobs flag heading into this season. And I I'm not, I'm not stupid to believe John Cruden when he says he's going to give him the receiving work this year as well. But I, yeah, I'm a massive Josh Jacobs truther and it's an eternal dilemma as to whether I'll be drafting Sanders or Jacobs when it gets to that pick. So yeah, we've, we've already discussed both of those and I can't believe that I, I missed out on myself. So I said, James, you were the final one, but I completely <laughs> forgot about my pick. And that is, <laughs> that is dime Danny Jones over in New York. So last year, if you were to, to scale up his fantasy production, he would have finished with 279 points, which would have made him the quarterback 12. And I believe that he's going to be an improved offense this year. If we can see some full seasons from Evan Engram, Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley, then he's got a, a much better offense than, he, than he's had previously. Of course, he was a rookie last year, so he's had the extra time to, to settle into the role, get into the league. I absolutely loved Slayton last year. I think he's poised for another another big year. And I think he could have easily been my breakout candidate, but I don't think he'll quite break the top 10. But again, it's somebody else for, for Danny Jones to be able to, to pass to and build that relationship with to help him 
on this progression to the to the top ten. Uh, they they bolstered the uh, offensive line with the, the pick of Andrew Thomas at fourth overall, which I know New York Giants fans weren't overly keen on at the time, but this time last year they weren't very happy that they picked Daniel Jones at the the sixth overall pick. So I, I've got faith in the the Giants. I've never thought I'd, I'd say that on on record, but um, <laughs> with an ADP of eleven oh three, quarterback fifteen, I think. Danny Jones is primed to be a breakout candidate this year. Floor, what are your thoughts? I don't hate it. I think um, I'm just looking at my rankings now and I have Daniel Jones as my QB 11. So I am as, as high as you. Um, the, the way I, I do my rankings at the moment is all stat projected until it gets a bit closer to the year. Then I'll start whittling down. My, my likes and dislikes, but yes, yeah, statistically at the moment, Daniel Jones uh, for me is is a is a he's a QB one. So so I do I, I like it. Um, Tags, tell us we're wrong here. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, there there's definitely parts to like about Daniel Jones, and those are all. There's also parts that I don't like. Um, one of the things he was extremely inconsistent last year, like in terms of his like um his first real role as a starter was similar to like Mitch Trubisky in a, in a way to me where it was like hit very hit or miss. Like these guys uh, were having a really good game or a really bad game. The thing that happened with Trubisky is he, he reverted. He went backwards. Right. And Daniel Jones never had everybody on the field that he was supposed to. He never had, there was not, I don't know if many people realize there wasn't a single game last year where he had Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Golden Tate and Darius Slayton on the field. There wasn't a single game where those guys were all on the field. So Daniel Jones kind of had a rough go even when he came in. The offensive line clearly got better with Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas was my number one pick. Uh, yeah, like my, not my number you. one pick, my number one offensive lineman. Yeah. So I like him a lot. Uh, but the reason that – and, like, you know, Daniel Jones does have rushing upside, so therefore that's what you're looking for in one of those later-round quarterbacks. But the reason I don't draft him is because – his early season schedule, you're not going to play him. And if you can't play a quarterback uh, in the first three weeks, you don't, you're just not going to draft them. And they are going to be playing against Pittsburgh in week one, which is a brutal matchup, uh, like absolutely like horrendous. Uh, then they go to at the Bears in Chicago, and then they play against the 49ers in week three. So Daniel Jones is going to be on the waiver wire in week four. They play at the Rams. That's not a particularly great matchup, but that one's better because that defense has lost some players. Uh, but the first three weeks, Daniel Jones is not someone that you want on your team. But in, in a two-quarterback format, I think Daniel Jones is the ideal QB2 uh, because he's a guy that you – you just stick in your lineup every week. He's not, he has no chance to lose his job. He has tremendous upside with his legs and you just kind of yeah. plug him in there. You just don't worry about it. He doesn't have his bye week until week 11. But again, in one quarterback leagues, you have to be able to start that quarterback in week one because most, play, most guys are not going to draft two quarterbacks. I understand why you want to attack someone like Jones, but my advice would be to grab him after week three when, when he's dropped. I think the one thing that I really like about Jones, like you just mentioned there is, is the work that he does on his legs. He had 279 rushing yards and two touchdowns last year playing just 13 games. So, you know, if, if that number is going to be, uh, I think I have it started out for, for just over 320 uh, with two touchdowns and just over 4,000 yards passing. If, like you said, if, if they've got a full slate of healthy players, they've got a pretty good lineup on the offense. You know, you mentioned Tate, Shepard, Slayton. Um, don't forget Corey Coleman's still there. I mean, come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. uh, so, so yeah, that, uh, there's going to be plenty of yards up for grabs in that New York Giants offense. I think that's particularly why he started out well for me. Um, but we'll see. We'll see in a couple of weeks. We'll see how it, how it pans out with my rankings. But, but I, I certainly I can get on board, uh, David. James, what, what are your thoughts just quickly on, on Daniel Jones? Um, I think you might have a slight correlation with, um, say, the health of everyone, especially Evan Engram. Um, mm. I think the, that options pull in New York is quite wide. You almost have sort of three wide receivers who could claim to be the number one if they wanted to be. Um, and me, even Kane Smith behind Evan Engram wouldn't be the most horrendous downgrade ever. But I think you, he's going to need consistency in terms of his... Um, the offense in general and he needs Andrew Thomas to hit the ground running but I do see top 10 being in his range I have to agree to be honest fantastic so we will flip the lid and we will go to the busts so tags who is your prime candidate I mean, it sucks to say it. I, like, because the thing is, if someone's finished top 10, they're probably a really good football player. And uh, this guy is a guy that I consider to be a really good football player. And his name is Keenan Allen. 
uh, a guy that finished the top 10 wide receiver last year. And now I have him down at my wide receiver 28. I really, Whoa. I don't, and it sucks. I mean, because again, he is a really good football player. It's all about the situation here. And, uh, you know, this team is moving to Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback. Uh, I know they drafted Justin Herbert, but knowing that we, we have a shortened preseason and maybe no preseason, there's no way that these rookie quarterbacks are going to get a shot over veterans. Tyrod Taylor has been in the system for a year. He at least knows it. Uh, so moving to Tyrod Taylor is, is a killer for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, because he's never thrown the ball more than 437 times in a season. Uh, two, he's never thrown more than 20 touchdowns in a season. Three, Keenan Allen's never been a touchdown scorer, so he's relied a lot on volume from Phillip Rivers. I want to say Keenan Allen hasn't scored – over the last five years, he hasn't scored more than six touchdowns in a season. So um, it's really difficult for me to fall in love with someone like Keenan Allen right now considering the situation that that the team's in. I've, they want to play really good defense, and they have the defense to do it, and they want to run the football. Uh, drafting Joshua Kelly uh, clearly in the fourth round to pair with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Uh, the offensive line I'm worried about, the left tackle position, they don't really have one. There, there's just a whole lot of reasons that I'm worried about Keenan Allen, and it has nothing to do with him as a player, but just more about situation. Does that opinion change if it's Justin Herbert? Not, not so much because again, you're dealing with a rookie quarterback um, that, and those guys, it's, it's really difficult for me to, to buy into someone like Justin Herbert. And the reason I say him, like if it was Joe Burrow, I'd have zero qualms about it. Burrow is a, a very polished pa passer. He, he doesn't panic under pressure. He's very co uh, cool, calm, collected. Herbert is the opposite. I, I, you know, I know nobody wants to hear this, especially if you're a Chargers fan, but <laughs> when I watched Herbert, there were shades of Blaine Gabbert in terms of a guy that gets scared under pressure. And if you start seeing ghosts in the NFL, your career is over, uh, especially early on. And this offensive line is not built to protect anybody. Uh, again, they don't have a left tackle. They signed Brian Bulaga in the offseason to play right tackle. Uh, he's a solid tackle, but he's not playing left tackle at this point in his career. So they're moving to, I think it's Trey Pipkins is their starting left tackle right yep. now. And that's that's a concern. Um, we we and in the short sample we do have of him, he hasn't been very good. Uh, so Herbert playing behind that offensive line, I just I worry about it. I think this team does want to run the football, and they are going to start with Tyrod Taylor. So I don't think they can drastically change the the path of their offense. So I think it's going to be more difficult for them to move to someone like Herbert. It would give them a slight bump because clearly they're going to be throwing the ball, you know, more than uh, the you know twenty five to twenty eight times they are with Tyrod Taylor, but. I still would worry about him a little bit. I would move him up a little bit, but again, I would rather take guys like DJ Chark uh, that have a chance of breaking out and being a true top 12 wide receiver. I'd rather have a guy like DK Metcalf, who's tied to Russell Wilson, again, who flashed as the season went on. He kept getting better and better rather than a guy that's going to be limited in his target share. Yeah, definitely. And fantasy football is all about opportunity and upside and with Keenan Allen there's, there's going to be a price if, if yes. he falls to you at a certain point of a draft of course you're, you're going to draft him because of his footballing ability but with that upside limited to the, the reasons that you've just described Mike then yeah he's, he's, he's not going to be worth where he's going at right now and there's, there's going to be players that are going to offer much more upside and are going to ultimately win you fantasy football championships which is the entire reason that we are in this podcast which is the entire reason that we play play the game so rob who is your bust for the 2020 season uh i've, I've kind of gone for the easy option i think um I'm, i've gone for jared cook uh I, I don't know if that's easy i think a lot of people do like jared cook but i just I don't know, I, I've, I've never been a massive jared cook fan i know he's had a couple of really good seasons for fantasy football but i've just never been on that train um for me and I know he's a rookie, but I loved Adam Troutman um, watching his tape and, and watching him. Uh, was it? I think it was Dayton College. I, I think I said this last in the last podcast. Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong there. But it, it, watching his tape, he's a very offensive-minded tight end, and I love him. I think he's going to be really good uh, in 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 the NFL. Um, I, again, I, I know he's a rookie, and rookie tight end struggle. Um, but we'll see. And I, I don't know, with Emmanuel Sanders coming into to New Orleans as well, um, I think that takes a lot of targets away from him. And I just think he had a, a very good season last year. I just don't think he replicates it. I think he, I think he finished 
if my memory serves me correctly, he was uh, tight end six, I think, last year um, in in point five potentially. Uh, and I just don't think he, he hits at heights again. I think there's there's twelve better tight ends that I would rather draft than than Jared Cook this year. So um, you know, if, if someone opposed me, please. But in my opinion, I don't think Jared Cook is is worth it this year. James, what do you reckon? Are you are you opposed to that pick? No, I think. The tight end market's quite difficult because sometimes it is difficult to find 10 tight ends that you feel are draftable each year. But um, I think the addition of Emmanuel Sanders is the big thing that hurts Jared Cook the most. So I can't disagree, albeit in my own rankings, I do still have Cook just in the top 10. So I suppose I better not be too adamantly against it. I think a healthy Alvin Kamara is going to be a big reason. And... Jared Cook is, we've got to remember, he's, he's 33 now. He's he's not a spring chicken. And yep. we, we, we're not going to see that kind of production for from him forever. And I think a healthy Alvin Kamara this season is going to garner a lot more of those targets from Drew Brees. And top 10 is, is ambitious for Jared Cook. Tags, what say you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys in this one. Jared Cook is overvalued in drafts right now. Uh, I did an article actually this no, no, last week. Uh, it's, it, was, it was titled, Which Players Should Have should have Scored the Most Fantasy Points in 2019? And uh, Jared Cook ranked 16th among tight ends. And like to, to put this in context, the top 12 tight ends in terms of like opportunity, who had the most opportunity, none of them finished outside of like three spots from where they were supposed to. So it's basically for tight ends, opportunity means absolutely everything and where they're targeted uh jared cook had the 16th most opportunity he finished number seven uh that's nine spot difference it's, it's actually ridiculous how far he was and i would actually probably be willing to bet some money that tj hawkinson finishes better than jared cook this year uh, i know a lot of people would probably want to take me up on that bet but uh in terms of actual opportunity that jared cook got last year with no emmanuel sanders on the roster it wasn't enough. Uh, basically, Jared Cook yeah. is someone that I, I will own on zero fantasy teams in 2020. I think I just the look at the, at my current rankings at tight end and the guys that I've got in the uh, bubble. I've got the, the tight end 11 to tight end 20 is a very tight group. There's only a few, you know there's only a few points here and there. That I think it is a very tight group. But uh, Hayden Hurst, Dawson Knox, Blake Jarwin, they're, they're three guys straight away that I'd rather have than Jared Cook this year. Hayden Hurst is my number seven tight end. I'm in love with that dude. Exactly. Like, like yeah. Hayden Hurst is going to be really good. And that's, that's with me projecting Calvin Ridley for a really good season. I think both of them. And if Calvin Ridley falters a little bit, then it would be Hayden Hurst that's going to see a bigger bump. Yeah, Hayden Hurst is a guy that uh, if you – like he's going as the tight end 13 right now in drafts. But if I'm willing to take him like in the eighth round if I have to. Hayden Hurst is like one of my targets at tight end. Of course. And like I said – Hashtag always Jarwin um, is, <laughs> is, one of our, is one of our <laughs> slogans on this podcast. We have to get it in. So, yeah, there we go. Nice. And while we're in the tight end room, I will let you know that my bust for the 2020 season is Austin Hooper. And that may be an unpopular choice, but he is going to a team that wants to run the ball this season. I don't think there's, there's going to be any surprises there. They will play a lot of two tight end sets, which I don't think David Njoku believes with him requesting a trade. But they're going to be primarily in there to, to make room for, for Chubb and Hunt out of the backfield. His fantasy running was poor, to say the least, last year. In weeks 14, 15 and 16, he had just 12 receptions for 134 yards and no touchdowns, whilst the Atlanta offense had three wins in a 94-point scoring. He's currently going as the, the tight end 13. He's going to a team that had was 23rd in tight end target share last year. I just don't see it with Austin Hooper. I think, again, he was somebody that made the most of his opportunity in Atlanta. And with Baker having so many mouths to feed, as, as people love to put it, I don't see Austin Hooper living up to his hype this year. What does the room think about that one? Correct. 100%. Can't falter. <laughs> Rob, you were... You uh, I've, got, I've got Austin Hooper as a top 10. Oh. <laughs> Which point... I'm sorry, Rob. I think there might, might be a bit of delay here as well. Sorry, I've got a bad internet connection. But um, let me just jump in. I I, I think David Njoku is, is a no factor this year for, for the Browns. And... I'm just looking at my stat projections for Austin Hooper. I've got him down for 62 receptions 
630 yards and five touchdowns, which is enough just to break into the top 10 for me. Um, I, I get it. I think that's the unpopular opinion. A lot of people have said, you know, what I've heard from different podcasts and, and other people talking about Austin Hooper, they're very down on him. I'm happy to be the one guy to be up on him and take a gamble. Um, you know, we've seen it in the past. He can do it. He's, he's been, he was a fantastic uh, tight end last year. Um, I think Baker Mayfield, you know, he, I think he makes a step up this year. I don't think he could be as bad as last year. I don't think the Browns are going to be as bad as last year. I understand there's a lot of mouths to feed there. I just think Austin Hooper is going to be targeted over the middle, and I'm I'm happy to be the 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 uh, the, the, the one out of uh, everyone that's wrong. But you know, uh, someone's got to do it. Wonderful. And um, finally, James, who is your 2020 bust? <laughs> once once again, lightning if the lightning stolen in that Keenan Allen was my pick. Um, so <laughs> quickly, you should be on fantasy pros, James. <laughs> I, I'll be honest; I will take that as a compliment. So uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I've managed to flip, and I'm going with Julian Edelman. Which, to be honest, I had to just double check to make sure he was genuinely a top ten wide receiver last year. He was yeah. number seven in PPR scoring, so yeah. this is a fair argument. Um, obviously, big news in New England is no Tom Brady and. Will Cam start? Will Jared Stidham start? Will Brian Hoyer start? Okay, let's ignore that. But um, I think regardless of who starts, is he going to get 100 targets? Is he going to get over 1,100 yards? At this stage in his career, I doubt it. And I think his biggest issue in terms of staying as a you know, top 10 wide receiver is just the sheer volume of good wide receivers on various teams who are climbing up the order. And I mean, the current top 10 isn't exactly shabby, but you've got the likes of DJ Moore, who's not in there. DJ Chark's not in there. You've got pretty much anybody who's currently on the Denver offense who has the potential to drive up there. Devontae Adams had an injury hit season, so he wasn't there last season. So Calvin Ridley's going to probably jump ahead of him, I would imagine, this season. So there are just, there's just so many people. It's just a sign of the evolving NHL that Edelman is going to be just one of those guys who is... I would say starting the decline, but I think he's still been pretty relevant. Obviously, he is still their main receiving option, which is going to be, you know, a key factor in this. But with Cam Newton around, are you going to feel like you can trust him to be that top 10? I don't think it's going to be a top 10 passing offense, regardless of who is starting. So it's hard to really get behind him. He's still going to be a solid, you know, at least flex player at the worst. But it's going to be a bit of a bust if you try and draft him higher. I do think his draft position reflects this. Um, you can still get him at some kind of value, but he's never going to be what you got the last few seasons. Well, I still think uh, we're going to hear the Julian Edelman to Tampa Bay trade being announced before the start of the NFL season. <laughs> get, get the old team back together in the sun, eh? <laughs> Mike, Rob, <laughs> any objections to Julian Edelman as being a 2020 fantasy bust? No, there was a lot of. Uh, truth to what he said and like it, it really depends because no he's not finishing top 12 again that's like a lock I would I'd be willing to bet a lot of money on that but I actually do th- I, I did I should say did think he was a value um, he's going as the 34th wide receiver off the board right now so that would have been fine because uh, again going back to the article which players should have scored the most fantasy points I in that article I went through basically went through on like where every player was targeted because every target is different. Like if you're targeted on your own 15 yard line versus like the opponent's 10 yard line, those have different fantasy expected outcomes. Julian Edelman was number two in actual opportunity among wide receivers, number two. So he actually finished a lot worse than he should have. Um, that, a lot of that comes down to Brady being a little bit inefficient last year. Uh, but where he's being drafted now is probably I'm fine with drafting Julian Edelman, but I am hundred percent with you, uh, James, in the fact that, he's not going to finish as a top 10 wide receiver. That's for sure. And Rob, any objections to Julian Edelman? Rob, seemingly. Uh, oh, Rob's taking a nap. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's... my internet is, is terrible tonight. I do oh, apologize. blame, yeah, blame no, the I internet. Um, he's my wide receiver 30, so. Blame that pigeon. <laughs> So fantastic. That is everyone's boom, well, breakout or bust. So, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us. 
Where can we find you on Twitter for everyone that is listening? No, of course. Thank you guys for having me. It's always a blast talking football with you guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL. All my work's on Fantasy Pros. And, uh, yeah, we do the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. We're doing that uh, three days a week right now. And then in August, I think we're going up to five days a week. So it's just like it's never ending. And I, I really, you know, this is – I mean it with all my heart. I, I hope it doesn't in terms of like, you know, I, I'd rather be way too busy than not busy enough. Uh, so uh, definitely rooting for the NFL season to be here, rooting against Austin Hooper. And that's, that's for you, Rob. Um, but uh, no, thank Thanks. you guys for the invite. I, I really appreciate it. No problem. Um, before you leave us today, Mike, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to any fantasy footballers out there? Uh, uh, players or like, or people that are someone that wants to be like an analyst? No, just players, anyone who wants to win their championship. What is general the, advice? Uh, <laughs> um, wow, this is that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> it's weird, it's because it seems like such a, an easy question to answer. Um, it would be to don't oh, draft kickers in the first round. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> I, the obvious stuff. I, I try and we think of like. Advice, Rob. All right, it would be to follow opportunity at running back and tight end, and to and to forget about it at other positions, because it actually there's some positions that matters and some it doesn't. Tight ends all about opportunity. Running backs all about opportunity. Wide receivers take your chances at wide receivers. There you Damn. go. Fantastic. Well, thank you once again, Mike, and keep well, stay safe. Thanks, guys. It's always great to speak to anybody about fantasy football, but when yeah. it is a professional like Mike himself, who is start to speak for himself, he's, he's come twice in the, the top six accuracy for the, for the fantasy pros now. So it's always great to get the opinion and especially great to hear that our opinions somewhat matches, especially you, James, having to think on your feet with that Keenan Allen pick. <laughs> so, I, just, I think that uh, I genuinely I know I bummed him up at the beginning of the a little bit there um, but genuinely is one of the nicest guys I mean we spoke to him off air he is just a genuinely nice guy he's always willing to give you advice um, you know I speak to him on, on Twitter and, and he always gives me advice on, on, on what to do where, where, as an analyst what you know what avenues you should be going down um, and he's just so approachable he'll talk to anyone he's, he's, he's a great guy yeah definitely and now we'll move into our game of boom or bust. So what I will do now is I will alternate between the two of you and I will give you a player who finished, well, they're being drafted round about the, the 10 to, to 16 mark this year. And you've got to decide whether they will boom or whether they will bust. So this is PPR. First up, Rob, we have got Carson Wentz. I don't know. Uh, in 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 the middle, uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm just quickly picking up my rankings. He's he's like a borderline QB one for me. So I'll, I'll in that case I'll say bust. That's assuming sixteen games or yeah. You, so that, you, you got to bake that in, haven't you? Because yeah, I, I was, I'm going to say bust. Yeah, no Alshon, no Deshaun potentially. So busted is there. James, Todd Gurley, is he a boom or is he a bust in 2020? I was hoping that wasn't going to be the one I was going to get. because <laughs> Todd Gurley's been the guy that I've been polarised on all the time. because I, I just don't seem to ever feel willing to draft him just because I don't know if he's... You don't know the knee situation. You don't know whether he's going to... You know, he should fit in Atlanta's offense, but is, it, is the transition going to work that quickly? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say bust. Just because the first things that came out of my mouth there were all negative, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say bust con considering his ADP at the moment. So yeah, it's whether the Neil hold up. So you've got the injury question to bake in. He's in a brand new offense, so he's got to learn that with a slightly reduced off season as well, which gives him less time to get used to things. Granted, he's got a better offensive line, so there, there, don't worry if you've drafted him and suddenly you're thinking, oh, the guy who's just just sort of agreed with fancy bro somewhat um is saying that but uh yeah i'm i'm gonna say busted for this one so back to you rob we have got a certain mr rob gronkowski boom oh, or bust big bust that's like a like a double g cup bust huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all gonna go tits up <laughs> and before you give james his second let me give you one Bearing in mind his ceiling, 
was last year super high. So to boom, he has to match that ceiling. Boom or bust Chris Godwin? Boom. Yeah, I am down on Mike Evans this year. I don't think Tom Brady's going to be able to, well, he's not going to be able to stretch the field like uh, Jamie's can for, for Mike Evans. So I think Godwin's going to get a lot of work over the middle of this year and he's going to, he's going to turn into your Edelman kind of guy and he's going to get a lot of work. And I think we could see him creeping up to 100 receptions. He's, he's going to smash the 1,000-yard barrier and perhaps 10 to 12 touchdowns. So massive boom for, for Chris Godwin again this year. Fair enough. Back to you, James. We sticking in the wide receivers. We have got Juju Smith Schuster. So the Pittsburgh fan gets his own player. Um, now I'm gonna tentatively say boom and try not to sound like a homer. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I love no, I him. <laughs> ben Rufflesberger's back. Key point number one, it's not Carl Rudolph, it's not a duck, it's no one else. It is hopefully going to be Ben Roethlisberger throwing through most of the season. They've had a little bit of time to, as the Pittsburgh offense have hopefully had a little bit of time to adapt to the personnel. You know, losing Bell and Brown over the last few years has hurt them, but I think it sounds getting used out. The hopeful surge of Deontay Johnson should help Juju be able to free up a bit of space again. Yeah. And Considering where he's being drafted at the moment and the fact he's dropped down ADP rankings a lot, I do actually think, compared to that, he should boom against it this year. I'm not going to say he'll be a top 12 wide receiver, but he's certainly top 24. Well, I've just had him on Fantasy Football Calculator being drafted as the wide receiver 10. So... Uh. I'm in PPR league, so he has seemingly <laughs> shot up in the last few days. He has in the last few days, geez. Yes, <laughs> so that's that's why I threw that in there. He's yeah, been drafted as a wide receiver 10. So does that change your boom or bust opinion? That's going to be a stay firm. It's neither boom nor bust. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I, he's not, he's not going to be like horrendously below that, I think, although 10 seems very high. Yeah. <laughs> one last one for you, David. Hunter Henry. I absolutely love the guy. <laughs> he, I've, I've, it's been every year I've, I've drafted him being, yeah, this is his breakout year. This is his breakout year. But this is going to be the year where I feel like it, it's kind of like Devontae Parker last year where we've got so sick of saying this is going to be his breakout year that you yeah. finally say that it's not going to be his breakout year and it will be his breakout year. So yeah. I'm going to go for the double negative and say it will be his breakout year. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, think there's, uh, I think there's some logic in the madness there. But uh, yeah, big Hunter Henry fan. So hopefully he can uh, prove me wrong, if that makes sense. And moving into the Twitter world. So let's have a look at what you guys up there have said as your breakout and bus candidates. So thank you so much again for those of you who've got in contact with us. You can find us at F10Y Fantasy. We'll start off with at Cody Coppola, who have got their breakouts as being Tyler Boyd, Jameson Crowder, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Terry McLaurin and Cameron Brait, which there's, there's already a few wow. guys in there that have had Ooh, some... Cameron um, Brait, that's brave. Some, <laughs> some top <laughs> things in Jesus. there, but on the... On that's the three tight end system going on. Hit me up at, F, at FF Baller. We'll put a bet on that. <laughs> yeah, so Cameron Brait. Yeah, is he, is he going undrafted at the moment? I think... Yeah, yeah. must be. Even OJ Howard's dabbling in the very low end. So if you if you really are a non-believer in uh, Gronkowski, and if you think OJ Howard's going to get either traded or be a non-factor, Cameron Bray is a brave call. But there's there's that little part of me in the back of my head saying, "Don't ridicule it. There is every chance that might happen." Uh, um, no, I'll ridicule <laughs> it. He's, he's my tight end forty-six in my <laughs> rankings. So come at me. <laughs> And um, Bus, this is uh, not the only person to say this, but every rookie not named Regal or Jefferson. So Regal or Jefferson mentioned on the, the last podcast. I'm still ourselves. waving my Ayuk flag. <laughs> As diamonds yeah, in the rough. I'm still waving my Chenault flag and my Pittman flag. But yeah, Bus, every rookie. And they're, they're not the only one to say that. At FFA, Mark 
sorry, underscore Mark said that as well, purely based on the fact that no preseason, limited yeah. time to, to gel with the offences and stuff like that, then we've just got to really temper our expectations for the, yeah. these guys out there. That's, that's that, a fair, that is a fair point. The thing is, though, I will make the observation that, to me, from all the drafts that I've been doing so far, I've had plenty of best balls going on in this off-season and a few uh, dynasty drafts as well. But um, from what I'm seeing, all the rookies are getting drafted in really late rounds where you are as well taking the dart throw on the rookie than anything, um, considering, well, let's, let's do a bit of either or at the moment because this is sort of around 11th, 12th round territory. Would you rather have Justin Jefferson or Arshon Jeffrey right now? Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Exactly. And yet in all the drafts I've seen, he's been going two rounds later. Um, so whether that's name by or anything else, but I think the rookie, the rookies, it's one of those where you, they may seem like us, but for their draft picks at the moment, they are value in my opinion. That's just yeah. maybe unpopular. I don't know, but nope, agree. Yeah. And although we're not having formalized camps and a preseason, We've got a question: How much work is going on behind the scenes that, that we that we don't hear about? I know we saw the the pictures of of Tom Brady working out with his guys in Tampa Bay, and obviously we had the San Francisco guys working out in Tennessee, where Debo broke his foot and Richie James broke his wrist. Which obviously teams are once going to want to discourage because of of those very reasons. But how much of this actually happens? And we, we talk about, especially with wide receivers, the chemistry, the especially with the players like Henry Ruggs, the quarterbacks have got to figure out how fast these guys actually are yeah. and, and get their mechanics sorted to adjust. Yeah. And there's going to be so much of this going on that never, ever makes our social media timeline. So mm. maybe the rookies won't be quite as out of tune as we as we think they might be, but having no preseason, playing in, just playing in a stadium. I know, I know they've obviously played at college where some of the stadiums are bigger than the, the NFL stadiums, but it will still be very different at the, at the NFL level. And it will uh, take them a little while to, to get used to it all, but perhaps not rule them out as much because they will have been working out with their, with their quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay, so Jack Humphrey over at the Kickers Matter Fantasy Podcast. He has got Joe Mixon to have his breakout season and he's also got Derek Henry to be a bust. I think two very strong picks there from Jack. Joe Mixon, all the stars seem to have aligned for him this year. He's, um, he's got his quarterback... He, he he's, a, he's a great football player. He's, he's certainly very talented. And Cincinnati can't be any worse than they have been for the last couple of years. And certainly with Derek Henry, we've, we've mentioned this on the podcast before with his lack of receiving upside. It's, it's one of those where he is one injury, and so is everybody, but he is one injury or teams finally figuring out how to stop him away from becoming pretty much obsolete. Yeah. Joe Mixon for me was was one that I was going to speak about tonight other than the fact that he was in the top 10 a couple of years ago and our criteria for this podcast was they shouldn't have been in the top 10 so that, that I'm very on board with Joe Mixon he, he is a top 10 running back for me this year so so yeah good shout Jack so quite a few people have mentioned their busts as being David Johnson we've got at JG underscore FF we've got at the boys underscore 22 and we've got at dolphin abroad all stating david johnson will be a bust in 2020 which i'm fully on board for he was a shadow of his former self last year he has gone to a texans team that is playing behind a poor offensive line you've got deshaun watson running for his absolute life back there and You've got Bill O'Brien, who doesn't seem to know what's going on. He doesn't seem to know how to run a NFL organization. So I'm not a massive fan of David J going into the season. And on the bounce, we've also got at JG underscore FF and at Dolphin Abroad saying Duke Johnson is going to have his breakout season. So receiving work there, I, I can't see him being a, a three-down runner, but in PPR leagues particularly, we've, we've said that he, he provides some late-round value. I don't think he's going to be a top 10. I don't think he's going to get anywhere near there, but certainly an improvement on the last year. So, Rob, James, what are your thoughts on uh, D. Johnson? Both in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can I take this one first, Rob? Because <laughs> um, I originally was in the same camp. However, when you consider last season, for the same team with a similarly poor offensive line, 
Carlos Hyde still topped a thousand yards, even with only and had only ten receptions. He had over twelve hundred yards overall. So there is still production. There is still output there, and. I'll be honest, I think David Johnson, even in his current plight, is still a better player than Carlos Hyde was last season. Um, Duke Johnson, I'm hoping he doesn't break out because I seem to have, he's always been the casualty on my dynasty leagues to be able to fit the rookies on, uh, which unfortunately is probably a precursor to him having his breakout year. But um, I think we'd have seen it already if it was going to happen, if I'm being honest, because the way they've gone through running backs, it's been in some ways tragic, but um, no, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm not top 10 bullish on David Johnson, but I do think his ADP right now is actually pretty fair. Which I yeah. Think... I'm, I'm, I'm with you, James, because um, like you said, I literally, as you would just before you were talking, I was just looking up Carlos High's numbers. because I knew he had a good year last year. And I think David, you mentioned Bill O'Brien being a bit of a head case. I don't disagree with that, but there's, there's two different people in the same person. There's the GM and there's the head coach. And I think head coach Bill O'Brien is not actually that bad. I think, I think head coach Bill O'Brien is, is, Bill O'Brien is, is, is all right. Um, GM Bill O'Brien. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know, but I, and I think they, they obviously they paid a second, second round tender for second round um, for David Johnson, I believe uh, that was their investment in that trade. So um, they're obviously invested in, in him and we've seen it before in the Houston team with that O-line. David Johnson is a shadow of his former self. He didn't look good last year, didn't look good the year before. I don't know though. I, I think this could be a year for him to get back uh, slightly towards his, his old self. I'm not predicting him he's going to be a great running back, but I think he'll be a top 25 running back. For, or top, sorry, I've got him. I think I've got him as my RB seventeen. So that's that's where I am with with David Johnson. Okay, so here's a completely off the cuff question. So yeah. would you rather have Adam Gase as your GM, <laughs> whilst being your head coach, or would you rather you have Bill O'Brien, <laughs> Bill O'Brien being your GM whilst being your head coach? <laughs> oh. I'd, I'd, have, I'd have Adam Gase for trades and Bill O'Brien for everything else. <laughs> I'd rather. I don't know. Uh, finally, we look at the Dynasty 101 breakout season. We have got Antonio Gandhi Golden. I think for the name alone, it's yes, on the, yeah, all <laughs> over that. Best names in the NFL. I love and that guy. And can, DK Metcalf. On so Gandhi Golden, the one thing I'm going to say is I, I believe, and someone correct me if I'm wrong here, there's news coming out of the Redskins. Yes, you're right. Shall we? To, to to no longer be Redskins, but Redskins, is that Kelvin Harmon <laughs> is now out for the season and he yeah. was one of their up-and-coming guys. Uh, so the wide receiver room has just had... Everyone's had another bump up, shall we say? Because I'd say he was probably the, behind McLaurin and I would say he probably was their number two option, debatably. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, I, there's a jump. I got straight on my ranking sheet when that news broke just before the pod, just before we started um, recording. Um, Steven Sims is my second receiver there. And Antonio Gandy Golden is my third. Got a massive bump up from like, uh, I think he went from 34 targets to 61 because I had Kelvin Harmon in for um, about 60, uh, 60 receptions. I think, no, not 60 receptions, 40, 45 receptions, maybe. Um, so Gandy Golden gets a big, big jump up for me. So, yeah, I love the kid. I've, I've drafted him in all my dynasty leagues. I think he's a real sleep pick um, at wide receiver. Nola for a former, I think he was a Mr. Irrelevant, Trey Quinn? No, no not at all. No, sorry. I, 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 I'm not a massive Trey Quinn fan. He had like a, I think his um, yard per reception average is like 8.3 or something for his career. So I mean, it's really low. No, I, I kind of agree. It's just I really wanted to have the Mr. Irrelevant stat. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to talk about them very often. I was having, I'm taking the chance while it's there. Fair play, touche. Yeah, and uh, Gandhi Golden Twitter has uh, been hyped this week with the, the videos emerging from Haskins throwing passes to him. So, yeah, he, he looks a, a really good talent heading into, heading into this season. So, Whilst I'm not quite sure who will break the top 10, he's certainly primed to, to be a breakout candidate and to, to surprise people mm. in fantasy this year. 
So finally, moving into everybody's favourite segment of the show, it is time for... Trade of the Day. And James, you are up first. Hopefully you've got your pen and paper at hand after last week's faux pas. <laughs> um, I've, got, I've gone for uh, a notepad in my computer so we'll see how that goes if you okay. hear typing that is me <laughs> so uh, we have got a dynasty 10 team ppr league and yeah this is a this is a messy one we have oh, got <laughs> two 2021 first round picks a 2022 first round pick so that is three first round picks jeez okay we have got rugs Sterling Shepherd, yeah, that's 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 one side of the trade. So three first round picks, Ruggs and Shepherd. Right. And then on the opposite side, we have got Tyreek Hill, a 2021 second, Lamichael <laughs> P. Ryan, <laughs> the Jets rookie running back, and finally Caden Smith, the Giants tight ends. Who has actually had one mention on the show earlier today? <laughs> so just, um, just quickly, so we are talking two twenty twenty one first, a twenty twenty two first, making three first. Henry Ruggs and Sterling Shepherd, or would you rather have Tyreek Hill, a twenty twenty one second, Lamichael P Ryan, and Caden Smith? Correct. That's a no brainer, isn't it? <laughs> For me, it's the picks, Ruggs yeah. and Shepard. I think it, I think I agree. Tyreek Hill, however much of a superstar he is and however much he, he will help in the win now, there is always that thing that he is only moments away from doing something stupid and being out of the league for good. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're not careful. And three first rounders, pretty much your whole future is set. And Ruggs was a first rounder this year, so that's like four first round picks. Sterling Shepard's not exactly gonna be a slouch. Um, he will certainly be a serviceable bench player. Um, whereas P. Ryan and Smith, you've got to say, unless, if Evan Engram gets injured, Caden Smith has a chance, but you, you're, again, wishing on an injury, so that's no point. And P. Ryan, again, Le'Veon Bell is there. And if we're struggling to quite get behind Le'Veon Bell fully, you know, again, Adam Gaze, it doesn't matter if they're a veteran or a rookie, you still won't trust that team. So... All in all, yeah, it's got to be the picks, Ruggs and Shepherd. And Rob, over to you. This yeah. is a, a much easier one. It is a 1QB PPR Dynasty League, and we have got Saquon Barkley for Derek Henry and AJ Brown. Both Did you say PPR? Did you say PPR? PPR, yes, but um, both on the same team. They're double up on the Titans. That seems a weird one. Yeah, I, I'm going Saquon because you can, you know, He's a superstar. You keep him. Yeah, and we've we've mentioned on the show already about Derek Henry and his his lack of receiving production. And AJ Brown's yeah. in a similar boat in PPR. He's he's not got that PPR upside, of course. No, he's got the big playability. I I do love both. I I do love them. I don't love Derek Henry half as much in a PPR, which probably sways it. But Saquon Barkley is that elite bracket talent, which you just have to have on the fantasy team if 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 you're going to be successful, in my opinion. Okay, well, let's hypothetically take the PPR element out of it. Yeah. Then that makes it hell of a lot interesting. <laughs> uh, Come on, you must have seen this was coming. Yeah, I, I think I'd still lean Saquon, but I'd be very tempted because I do like AJ Brown. And, and obviously, Derek Henry's probably, after the news broke today, that he's not being signed uh, not being given a, a, a new deal from Tennessee that uh, might well be a new team next year. So, okay, I, okay I'll, I'll, I'll split it. I'll split it. I'll go PPR, Saquon Barkley, <laughs> non PPR. I'll go for the other two. There you go. And James, finally, your thoughts on those? No, I, I think I agree, to be honest. It's. Um... It's it's difficult when it goes to standard, but any anything where receptions count, you have got to go Saquon really. And I think yeah. Saquon is a different way. Again, like with most trades, it really depends on your roster construction. Yeah. If you are if you are very thin on wide receiver, um, and it's standard, you definitely take the Henry and Brown side. But if you think you're happy with your wide receiver court, then keep Saquon all day long. 
Wonderful. And that concludes today's podcast. As mentioned, you can find us on Twitter at F10YFantasy. We love to interact with you. We love hearing your suggestions. And if you've got any trades that, that you want to feature on the show, please, please just get in touch with us. So it has been an absolute stellar show, if I do say so myself. Again, massive thanks to Tags for coming along and joining us. James, where can we find you on Twitter, my friend? I know it's rife with FSFBX tweets at the moment, but uh, where can we find you? Yeah, the, the Scott Fishbowl train keeps rolling on. So yeah, I am at NFL Hype Train. So keep an eye out for various departures leaving from that page. <laughs> And Rob, what have we got going on at the moment and where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at the moment, my um, well, we're, we're recording this a few days before this is going to go out. So by the time this is out, um, my my uh, coveted running back piece is going to be out. The, the rookies, uh, the diamonds in the rough that we talked about in the last podcast. Um, I, I really enjoyed writing that article. So I'd love it if you went and saw that. Um, a bit of Darren Terrence. Very, I go very deep into Darren Evans as a little spoiler. Um, you can find me on Twitter at ffbrickballer. And please, 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 if if you're if you listen to podcasts, which you obviously do because you listen to this, go listen to tags over at Fancy Pros. Um, I mean, him and Bobby and Carl Yates are so good. Uh, they are one of the elite um, like listens for fantasy football. If you listen to this, you might well already be listening to that. But if you're not, definitely go check it out. They're so good. Yeah, touche. I will echo those sentiments. And we've got, of course, loads of great stuff going over, going on over at the full 10 yards. Uh, we've got a fantastic piece written by Richard O'Brien at the moment with the Black Lives Matter and the NFL. So, yeah, go read that. It's a brilliant read and very, very touching at the, the moment that we find ourselves in. So, always Jarwin, ice peeled as we close the show. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. I've been David Davenport. You can find me on Twitter at dav underscore xmy. We'll see you very, very soon. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled. Alexander Madison his name is Alexander Madison. He just wants to know when the Delvin Cook holdup will be done. He just can't wait. He just can't wait.